Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. It's not a shakedown. That's right, it's not a shakedown. And quite frankly, uh, we will see from a portion of the story today how God himself um, loves uh, an extravagant giver. Um, And as we go into this morning's uh, conversation, um, and uh, honestly, uh, today uh, we'll, we'll actually have more of a conversation about generosity, giving, and the economy of the kingdom uh, starting next week. Um, because that's really Im- important for our own lives and the way we handle um, not only our finances, but our the things that God has put into our care, whether it is finances, possessions, our home, our car, our kids, the people that come in and out of our life. Um, so we are stewards. Uh, however, this week, um, we're going to embark on a conversation called Wise Choices probably a conversation that we should have been having months and months and months ago, uh, but in, in light of where we are today uh, in our country, is this is a great conversation to be had, um, and uh, that is going to be the last political comment that I make, um, because this really has a lot to do with decisions and choices that you make uh, throughout the entirety of your life, whether you're a teenager, um, you're a junior higher, uh, just coming out of high school and you're trying to figure things out or you're in uh, the middle of life or at the uh, you're seasoned with life right um, wise choices are Im- important uh, for our life uh, and in order for us to make wise choices we have to have wisdom right uh, I, I remember uh, years and years ago, whether it was junior high or high school, uh, I saw one of those comic strips. It was one of the single type of comic strips. It was like a far side. I, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember it was a dog in between a tree and a fire hydrant. And the caption above the dog with the exasperated look on the dog's face was, decisions, decisions, decisions I don't know about you but we have a lot of decisions to make in our life how many of you right now uh, currently are um, aside from those obvious things coming up here in a few days but how many of you are going through uh, or trying to make some really important decisions in your life right now show of hands anybody look around folks look around all of us are in the midst or have made or are making or will be making important decisions in our life. Whether it's, quite frankly, whether it's to rent or buy 
whether it's to remain in the current job and position that you're in, or whether it's to go to the next job, whether it's to move out, move away, or stay, whether you're in high school and you are trying to figure out what is going to be best for you in your future, college, vocational school, trades, or come out of, college, or come out of high school and go right into the workforce. You might be considering in your dating relationship whether or not you need to go a step further as a couple and make it exclusive or meet the parents or buy the ring or you might have just gotten married and you're trying to determine whether or not you're going to have kids. How many kids? One, two, or twelve? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Um, whether you're going to not have kids and you're just going to have pets. You might actually be in the middle of your life, in the middle of your career, and go, I think I may need to make a career change. I think I may need to go back to school. I think I may need to go to vocational school. I actually think I may need to be a stay-at-home mom or dad. You might be at the end of your career and be wondering, should I retire? Or should I stay and remain in the career? Folks, all of us have important decisions and choices that we need to make in our life. Craig Rochelle said that we make our decisions and our decisions make us. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. You might be sitting here thinking through all the decisions that you've made in your life because all of the decisions that you've made in your life have led you here and you probably you might be regretting some of those decisions you might be in a pattern of negative decision making and you need to stop the momentum of that freight train in your life see this is the beauty of the fact that we have we are created in the image of God. Because you being created in the image of God means that you have this wonderful thing, this most powerful thing that we call choice. You have the freedom to choose. The most powerful spiritual spiritual, uh, practice that you have. You can choose... to create a new reality versus the current reality that you're in. You, in fact, have the power to choose your future and create it. Regardless what has happened to you, by your own choices or by the choices of other people, you have the power to create your future through what you choose. We make decisions, and our decisions make us. Therefore, you can change your current reality and you can change your future. Before you pray, you have to choose to pray. Before you fast, you have to choose to fast. Before you even go to church to become a, be a part of the body, you have to choose to come and be a part of the body. To turn off the TV and go to bed. That's my, that's my thing. In order for me 
to have a great day, I need to go to bed early. I need to choose to turn off the TV, put the guitar down, and go to bed, right? You have freedom of choice. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But we must understand that our choices, our decisions, they have earthly implications and eternal implications. They impact our earthly life and they impact our eternal life. The most powerful choice that you can make in your entire life is not whom you will marry, not the career choice that you will take, not when you retire, not whether or not you're going to have one, two, or twelve kids or pets. It's choosing to allow the creator of the universe, the Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, into your life. That is the most powerful choice that you can make. So again, for us, in order for us to make wise choices, wise decisions, we have to have wisdom. And where we're going to start today is pretty much where we're going to be for the rest of the day. Because we're going to start with Solomon. If you would open up the scriptures to Second Chronicles chapter 1. Second Chronicles chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 7, I believe 7 through, uh, 7 through 12. And the backdrop of this moment is that King David, Solomon's father, King David has died, and Solomon has inherited the kingdom of Israel. He is now leading God's people in this moment. And he has taken uh, hold of leading his people very firmly. And there was a choice that Solomon made. He drew all of the leadership, all of the commanders of the military, and all the people And he chose to worship God very extravagantly. Worship should be extravagant. And he chose to worship God in an extravagant way through generosity. He didn't slaughter one, two, ten, or a hundred offerings, burnt offerings. He slaughtered a thousand bulls. And they were burnt offerings to the Lord. Remember how I said, the Lord loves an extravagant giver. He sees generosity of His people, and He loves it. And as a result of that humble and extravagant offering to the Lord, in that moment of worship, God made an offering, an offer to Solomon that he couldn't refuse. And this is where we pick up. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Folks, if Warren Buffett said, ask me whatever you want me to give you, blank check, 
what would you ask Warren Buffett? I'd be like, okay, all right, give me a second. Let me, let me think about this for a second. New carpet, new chairs, great new sound system. Um, that's just the church, right? Uh, cool lobby. Man, okay. I would just say, Warren, just give me a blank check, bro. Give me a blank check. If God offered you a blank check, what would you ask him? What would you say, God, I want this from you? This is, our, this is exactly what I want from you, God. You're making the offer. I'm not going to refuse. This is what I want. I want you to see what Solomon chose. We continue. Solomon answered God, You have shown me, you have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king of his place, in his place. Now, Lord, now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Solomon had a blank check and could have written whatever he wanted on the line, but he chose to write wisdom and knowledge. And in fact, there's a parallel passage in in the, the, the the book of Kings where he says, I want to be able to discern right from wrong to be able to lead your people. God was so moved by the request of Solomon. Let's watch and see what happens. Verse 11, God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, how great would it be for America to have victory over everyone? Solomon didn't even ask for that. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor. Those things in which he did not ask for. Such as no king who, is, who was before you ever had and none after you will have the Lord bestowed onto Solomon what he asked for, wisdom and knowledge to be able to lead his people, to discern right from wrong, to navigate life. And God was so moved, he gave Solomon things that he didn't even ask for. Folks, in order for us to make wise choices, we must have wisdom. So, we've read these scriptures and Solomon, even in his understanding, after this moment where God has bestowed upon Solomon this wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Solomon begins to ponder all these things. He says in Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she, for wisdom, is more profitable 
than silver and yields better than gold. Wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields better than gold. And then he says, she is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire compares with her. Folks, Solomon, who had an opportunity to write a blank check from God, chose wisdom. And in that wisdom and in that understanding that comes from God, and all the wealth and the riches and the honor and the victory he had over enemies, he writes these words. Wisdom is better. It's more profitable than silver and yields better than gold. Nothing you desire, whether you want to be the best basketball player, the best musician, nothing you desire, best husband, best wife, grandpa, grandma, whatever it is in your wheelhouse that you want to be the best at, nothing compares to wisdom. Straight from the wisest man's mouth. Nothing. So, today, we want to learn about wise choices and wisdom. Where does it come from? Where does it begin? How do we get it? What do we do with it? We want to be very practical today. And I am not proclaiming that I'm a wise guy. I'm more like one of the three stooges than a wise guy, right? I'm a wise guy. I'm a Weisenheimer, but I'm definitely not a wise guy. So where does, where does, where's the beginning of wisdom? Where does it start? Well, the beginning of wisdom, it does have a beginning. Solomon wrote, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Folks, fear of the Lord. Now this isn't go to your local haunted house type of fear and get scared out of your gourd from somebody wielding a chainsaw in the darkness. This isn't the fear that many have been incapacitated by in terms of COVID and the coronavirus. It's not this type of fear. When Solomon talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Solomon is really talking about reverence. This reverential understanding. This awe. Not like when the, the dentist says, open your mouth and go, ah. Not that kind of awe. It's the A-W-E, awe. got to ask. Have you lost your awe of God? I mean, I know that we, when we talk about prayer, we try to simplify it for folks who just really feel like they don't know how to pray and they don't know what to say. And we just say, you know what? Have a conversation. It's a conversation with the Lord. We try to simplify it. But we also need to remember who it is that we're having the conversation with. The prophet Isaiah through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord said this. Chapter 40, verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned 
above the circle of the earth. And its people, that would be you and me, its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than He blows on them and they wither. A whirlwind sweeps them away like chafe. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name because of His great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. Have you lost your awe of who you have a conversation with? Are you in awe when you come and worship the Lord Almighty? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Have you lost your fear, your reverential fear of the Lord your God? Because in the fear of the Lord, He teaches us wisdom in that reverential fear, in that awe of who God is. I was standing outside last night at the worship service holding the door. And I looked over in the horizon to the east. And I saw the moon in its brilliant orange kind of inching up on that horizon and moving up Oh, so slow. And that orange faded to a bright and brilliant blue. That is at the hands of our God, our Creator. Have you lost your awe? You must begin to find wisdom in the fear of the Lord. He or she who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Ask yourself, Do you have awe of your God, your Creator, the Almighty? But once we begin there, with the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. Well, then what? We not only fear the Lord, but we ask God. Solomon wrote this, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord is the one that gives wisdom. James, the brother of Jesus, the the half-brother of Jesus, if you want to even be a little bit more technical, in his book of wisdom, which is the book of James, it's in the New Testament, he wrote this. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. When I first became a believer in God, really early, I was 19 years old. And at some point, early on in my my walk with Christ, I came across this scripture. 
And this scripture resonated with me so profoundly and loudly. Why? Well, honestly, even as a young student, I never felt like I was the smartest in the room. Because, quite frankly, I wasn't the smartest in the room. But I couldn't compete with the elite. Eighth grade, eighth grade algebra, I dropped out. I couldn't hack it. D's across the board. High school physics, yep, you guessed it. I dropped out. I couldn't hack it. Philosophy 101, undergrad, uh, yep, yep, you guessed it. I dropped out. I did not feel like I was the smartest in the room. Old Testament survey in undergrad? No, I didn't drop out. I failed. Absent fail, to be honest. They just said, don't come back. My entire academic life and my entire life, I've never felt like I was the smartest in the room, that I couldn't compete with the elite, the intelligent. However... I have observed over the course of my few years that I have been on this face of this earth and learned that whether there are diplomas, degrees, or PhDs, you can be very intelligently stupid. Let me say that again. Regardless of the degree that you have or hold, you can be very intelligent, but you can be very, very stupid and unwise. And so as soon as I read this scripture, I took the scripture for face value and what it said. And I did what it said. Granted, I'm still not the smartest in the room. And I will never pretend that I am. But I will ask and have been asking for almost two decades now, God, grant me wisdom. I need your wisdom, not the wisdom of the world. I need your wisdom to navigate life's matters. Because how you navigate life matters. And if you're sitting in here and you were young, or if you're sitting in here and you were old, or you're listening and you were a teenager, or you're a seasoned vet, this is what we need to start asking God for. Because it says this. If anyone lacks wisdom, he or she should ask God. Because God, just like Solomon, who lavished in the offering and the worship, God will generously, generously give to all. You don't have to wait for it. You don't need the degree. You don't need to be intelligent. You can be impoverished, you could be rich. You could be a teenager, you could be 85. Doesn't matter your trade, your status, doesn't matter anything. He says to all who asks, he will give generously. So if you're a teenager or a young adult sitting in this room thinking, man, I can't, I can't have any wisdom, I have no access to wisdom. Wisdom only comes from life experience and education. 
the myth is, that's a myth. You can ask the Lord our God, and He will grant you generously. So stand firm. Fear the Lord and ask God. Ask Him. And I guarantee you, I have no doubt in my mind that He will give you the wisdom that you need. I look at the story of Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 and 4. They were in a room filled with the educated, filled with the pious and the, the religious elite. And they stood there and they spoke so eloquently and so wisely that the educated said, man, these are unschooled, uneducated fishermen, literally idiots. But yet they speak something so true, so clear. Ask God, and He'll give it to you. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you wisdom and knowledge how to navigate life's matters. Because how you navigate life matters. So, fear the Lord, ask God, and walk with the wise. Fear the Lord, ask God, and walk with the wise. Solomon said this, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Really plain and simple, right? Really, really simple. He or she who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Your future will be determined by two things. One, your choices and the people you choose. your choices and the people that you choose to have in your life. That you choose to listen to. You ask anyone who is about 70 years or older, they will agree with you. Whether they're a believer or not, they'll agree with you on that one. That the trajectory of your life will be determined by the people who are in your life because those are the people that speak into your life. The psalmist picked up on this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or in the sit or in the seat of mockers because people influence you. Who do you have in your life? If you were to stand back and look, are those people wise? Do you have wise people that you're walking with? that are walking with you. He who walks with the wise grows wise. Iron sharpens iron. So one man, so one woman, so one teenager, so one person sharpens another. When Amy and I were considering even possibly having a chocolate and coffee business here in Wapakoneta years ago, neither of us had a business education. Bachelor's degree in psychology. I was working on a master's degree in divinity. Again, degrees, diplomas, PhDs. Stupidly intelligent, right? Right? Yeah, that's me. Raise my hand. My wife, bachelor's degree in elementary education. Master's degree in discipleship. There is no business degree. Neither one of us know how to run a business. So what did we start doing? We started asking 
people who knew. Having conversations. The CEO of, of, of the company. Other business owners. Economic Development Committee. And through a conversation with two people in, in our in the middle of our town, they said, how about you call this person, part of the Road State C, uh, CBDC, Center of Business Development. They offer, through Road State, free business advice. Ding, 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 ding. Free is good. Business advice is better. Because we don't know what we're doing. So my wife called, sat down with a gentleman by the name of Todd. Todd, from the get-go, was in our court. He said, what you need to first do is you need to have a business plan. Here's the template. Have fun. Two months later, (laughs) two months later, Amy and I sat down with Todd and he went over the business plan. And from, from those conversations, even to now, he's been in our court. We've been able to call him and say, hey, we're kind of unsure about what this is or how to do this. What are your thoughts on this? And then he would say, how about you call this person? And then they would say, here's more information over here. He who walks with the wise becomes wise. By a risk that our treasurer, Ruth Smith, took seven years ago, almost seven years ago, she sent an email to the lead pastor, senior pastor of Lima Community Church. Hey, we've got this young pastor who doesn't know what he's doing. I'm adding that in. I don't know if she said that. Probably, yeah. Still don't know what I'm doing. Um, But she said, hey, would you by chance be willing to meet with him? Six and a half, seven years later, I'm still meeting with him. Doug Boquist is my mentor. He sharpens me. He's wise. He's been along where I have yet to be. He has wisdom to provide. He has understanding. He's had failures. He's taken risks. And he's known the Lord for a long time. He who walks with the wise becomes wise. I've been a part of a cohort of pastors. It's like six or seven of us. We are this, I, I am a pastor of the smallest church in this cohort. The largest church, about 800, 900 people. And we meet about every six months. And we just, we basically punch each other in the mouth with ideas and understanding and wisdom. We challenge one another. We push one another. We actually hold one another accountable with the the things that we've said in the group that we'll do. Hey, did you do that? Because there's wisdom. There's wisdom from other people that are wiser than I. Folks, are you gaining wisdom from somebody that is further down the line? Solomon, well, I missed that. I'm going to back up here. He says this, get wisdom, get understanding. Wisdom is supreme. Proverbs 4, 5, and 7. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Folks, ask yourself, are there wise people in my life that I have regular contact with? If you don't, find them. Go get them. Though it costs you all, 
Find them. You need them. The body needs you to have them in your court. The community that you live in needs you to have those wise people in your court. Because when you know better, as Matthew Kirkpatrick would say, you do better. When you know better, you do better. When you get better, others get better with you. Though it costs you everything, go find them. Ask the Lord for them. Start searching them out. But, and I'm going to backtrack here, wisdom begins with fear. Fear of the Lord. We ask God for wisdom. We walk with wise. But then, guess what? We need to make a decision. We need to make a decision. That dog between the tree and the fire hydrant, decisions, 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 at some point that decision is going to be made for that dog. He's going to go one way or the other. Right? Folks, that's allowing the future just to happen for you. There's too many people in our world, whether they're in the church or out of the church, that allow the futures just to happen. They don't choose to create their future. We need to make decisions. And there's a myth out there within the church. If I know Jesus, if I have Jesus in my life, He's just going to make it all clear. He's going to make it very clear. I'm going to know whether to go left or right or straight or back up. It's not necessarily true. That is not necessarily true. Paul. There's a long scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 5 through 9. I want you to look at the highlighted words, and I will emphasize those as I read it. After I go through Macedonia, I will come to you. For I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps. There's some ambiguity right there, isn't there? Perhaps I will stay with you a while. Or even spend the winter. He's really unsure. So that you can help me on my journey. Wherever I go, I don't want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door of effective work has opened to me. Then in writing to the church of Thessalonica, he says, so, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 of 1 Thessalonians. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy. There were moments in Paul's uh, church planning and evangelistic career where, you know what? He prayed about it. He walked it out and thought it best. Not everything's going to be clear. Not everything's going to be clear. If morally, the Lord, you know, it is a moral imperative where you know, do this, then you do it. If you know, it's a moral imperative where you don't do this, don't do it. But if there is not a moral imperative where it's a do this or don't do that, and it's very clear, congratulations, you have freedom of choice. But your choice should be to honor the Lord, regardless. That is what we're trying to do with our wise decisions, right? With our decisions. How we handle our finances, 
how we handle our relational networks, the people in our life that we love, the people that come into our life that we have no idea who they are, how we work, how we go to school, all of these decisions, what we buy, what we don't buy, what we invest in, what we don't invest in, where we go, what we do, honoring the Lord. Sometimes it's not that clear. And it's okay not to be clear. We are currently, my wife and I are currently in in a very unclear state about a few things in terms of our future. But what are we doing? We're walking it out. I just want to be clear. It has nothing to do with this. I will be here. I want to be clear. That you can rest assured on. But we're walking it out. If it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Either way, we're going to honor the Lord and let him do what he's going to do. We have a sense that he's moving in some one direction. That's fine. If he closes that door, that's fine. That's good. But we're going to honor the Lord. We're going to make decisions that honor the Lord. And who knows? So, get wisdom. Folks, get it. Get it. Get understanding. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have. Get understanding, folks. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. I know that sounds very simple, but guess what? It is. Because when you know better, you do better. So today, giving you some basic, simple things, simple steps. Fear the Lord. Ask the Lord. Walk with the wise and make decisions. These you can take for the rest of your life, wherever you are in life. And honestly, you may not know the Lord today. Looking around the room, I'm very certain that all of you do. But there may be those that are listening on the podcast that don't. And if that's you, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to know the Lord. The best thing that you can do with your life is give the Lord your heart. That is the beginning of wisdom. So would you please stand? I guess I shouldn't assume that. Not all of us may not know the Lord. Would you just bow your heads for just one moment? If you're there and you have no fear of the Lord, if you have no awe of Him, but you're starting to have that rumbling in your life, you have a sense that you need Jesus Christ. Maybe everyone has abandoned you or removed you or thought you less than who you really are. the wisest decision that you can make today is giving Jesus Christ your life. If you know that, you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that He came to this earth, was sinless, He chose the cross, died on the cross, was buried, three days later rose from the dead, that He ascended to the right hand of the Father, that He can forgive your sins and that He's coming back. If you believe that wholeheartedly and this is the first time will you just raise your hand. If you're listening online, this is your opportunity. 
This is your opportunity to give Jesus your life. To make the wisest decision that you could possibly make in your entire life. Everything else is cake compared to that. Will you just give Jesus your life? So Jesus, I give you my life right now. I'm crossing that line of faith and I'm giving you my life. For those of you that are with your heads bowed in this room right now and you just, you are making those decisions and you just need wisdom to make decisions that are coming your way, will you just raise your hand? Keep them up, please. Yeah, yeah. Right now, will you just begin to ask God for his wisdom? Will you believe him for his word and what he says? Ask him. Lord God, will you give and grant us wisdom? Will you lavish it upon us that we may be able to navigate life from your perspective and your understanding? What may be wise in your eyes may not necessarily be right in the world's eyes. And that's fine. Help us still make those choices, those decisions that are wise in your eyes, Lord God. I love you, Jesus. I praise you. May we be a body of people who don't seek to be right in the world, but seek to be right in your heart. Help us make wise decisions and choices in our life to choose the greater, to choose the glory of God than anything the world can give. Help us be a people that pursues your heart, your knowledge and understanding. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, God. It is in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Amen. Folks, will you please be loved, people loving people to Jesus today and this week? And will you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength? And please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.